Arguments About Nothing is brought to you by The Endless Pile of Dishes in My Sink It Just Never Ends Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. Uh, and we're just going to do a good old classic fashioned uh, Would You Rather in Hypothetical today. Yeah, if you've never listened to us before, Arguments About Nothing is a podcast in which we discuss ridiculous, silly, hypothetical questions as if they are something, when in fact, they really are nothing. Yeah. So I guess we can just kick things off unless you have a listener's question. No listener's questions today, but please remember, if you think of any fun hypotheticals that you'd like to send to us, you can email them at argumentsaboutnothing at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Instagram at arguments about nothing. Also, just in case you hear some pounding happening during this podcast, there's someone doing something on the roof of my apartment. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. They they timed it perfectly to begin work just as we started recording this podcast. Also. I don't even know if it's work or if it's river dance or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like, I think it is equally likely that it's someone doing maintenance or someone just having a time, uh, you know, someone uh, working on an audition or something. So We've got to get the stress out somehow, I understand. And, you know, there are limited ways to go outside in New York right now. So, yeah, times are tough. We're all just doing the best we can. And this is what you get when you listen to a podcast by two people who are recording in their own homes. Yeah. So just, you're not crazy if you hear a pounding. That's not the raven's heart or, uh, or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's actually happening. <laughs> but we might go crazy by the end of the podcast listening to it. I mean, did we start it that way? Who knows? Who's really to say at this point? Fair. We're going to kick this one off with would you rather chaperone a field trip to a science museum while hungover <laughs> or chaperone a field trip to the zoo with having a super sense of smell? Wait, so chaperoning whom? Children. Like what age children? Let's go with like third graders. Third graders. Okay, that's doable. That's doable. In both cases, it's third graders. Okay. I mean, it makes a difference, right? Because like... Oh, 100%. Yeah. What What is the ideal age to chaperone a field trip for you, Hannah? That's an interesting question. So when I was a camp counselor, I worked first with like the 11-year-olds. Yeah. And they were little monsters. <laughs> <laughs> 11-year-olds are mean, and yeah. I remember that from my own experience of being an 11-year-old. Yeah. Um, you know, middle Does school- Does that mean that you were really mean when you were 11? Is that what you're you're alluding to? No. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Actually, probably yes. I don't think I was my best self. I don't think any of us are our best selves no. at 11. I was probably mean. On I think top we have being... to forgive our 11-year-old selves. Yeah, I don't, they I don't know. think- I don't think that was me at my best by any stretch mm -hmm. of the imagination. Mm -mm. Um, but uh, when I switched to the six and seven-year-olds um, as a camp counselor, they were all so sweet and they would run up to me in the morning and be like, Miss Hannah, Miss Hannah. And they would be really on my side, like they yeah. wanted to be friends with you. 
on the other hand, they're more difficult to control and they don't yeah. just like follow directions and they hurt themselves an odd amount. Yeah. I also feel like they don't have as much control over their volume. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. Actually, it's- I want to change it a little bit. Okay. So super hungover at a science museum, it's like seven-year-olds. So they're louder but nicer. Okay. But the zoo with the super smell is like a 13-year-old. So there, there's a chance they're not wearing deodorant. <laughs> like middle school, prime middle school when kids are like their smelliest. Okay. I mean, I think I would choose the science museum with a hangover. Yeah. For a couple reasons. One, I actually, I just personally really like, like science, science more. <laughs> I just really like science museums. Okay, and I yeah. can imagine it would be fun, even with a hangover, to like take the little kids around and show them the little interactive exhibits and stuff. Yeah. Like I enjoy taking my niece and nephew to the Museum of Life and Science here and like, you know, there's fun little exhibits. And then as an adult, there's things to entertain you as well. And the hangover is not great, but I feel like I could probably power through. Yeah. Whereas 13-year-olds at a zoo sounds to me like that perfect recipe of people who don't like you and don't like authority with too much space to get into trouble. Yeah. So it's not even about the smell at that point. No. It's like, who cares about the super sense of smell? I just don't want to hang out with middle schoolers. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's not how I thought you were going to interpret this question, but I, I understand it. I see you. I hold that space. Let me just say, for all the middle school teachers out there, God bless you. Yeah, you're God doing bless the Lord's you, everyone. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that's you know, the hilarious. Super, the super smell also doesn't sound great. I think it would be, un, you know, unpleasant, but I I just... To me, super smell at the zoo is bad because, like, the animals smell bad and there's, like, poop around. Like, if you sure. could just really be highly in tuned to the sense of the smell of, like, animal dung in all its various forms at the zoo sounds pretty uncomfortable but now i'm also thinking about being in charge of like a group of 13 year olds yeah well that that sucks but like 10 seven year olds or whatever who are like really excited about the science museum and are like miss shelby miss shelby miss shelby like do this funny thing like i just imagining their high-pitched little excited (laughs) voices grating my already terrible headache it's so funny because what you were just describing would have been the intro to me saying, that sounds like fun. Like a bunch of 10, seven-year-olds just being like, Miss Handa, show me this fun exhibit. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I mean, I think during a normal time, I would be excited to do that. Right. Without uh, the hangover. Not, yeah. It's just more like when I'm hungover, I'm very sensitive to light and sound. Sure. And so when I wrote this question, it was like, being super sensitive to smell versus being really sensitive to sound. And I feel like science museums often have a lot of, like, lights and sounds, you know? That's another reason I went with Science Museum for the Hangover, where there's, like, a lot of exhibits with, like, videos and flashing lights and 
Especially if you're like learning about light and sound. I don't know. <laughs> learning about light and sound with a hangover. Yeah, I I get really tired when I have to go to the Natural History Museum in New York because there's it's just kids everywhere, you know? Oh, man. That's like one of my very favorite places in New York City. I <laughs> The look always... she just gave me was such, such shock. <laughs> I always get really nervous about accidentally kicking a child because they're what? just... you and i approach the natural history museum very differently yeah i do but it's not because i like am again it would be an accident because they're just like the kids just run around in circles and so i'm trying to move forward and like i've had kids at the natural history museum just like run into me like they're not looking where they're going and they okay yeah but how under what circumstances would you be kicking them you just take like not hard not like with like any not like kicking a soccer ball (laughs) but like i just take a step forward and accidentally kick somewhere i went one of my friends once accidentally tripped a child (laughs) that sounds like their fault yeah i still don't want to be a part of it (laughs) you know like there are just so many opportunities for human to human collision because the kids are so excited they're running around they're going to their favorite exhibits and they just like don't have great spatial awareness or like personal space awareness but I feel like they're also not likely to see the thing. It's it's a motivation and intent kind of thing. Because yeah. a six and seven year olds might be accidentally annoying because they can't contain their own yeah. exuberant energy. But the 13 year olds are going to be actively undermining you and potentially trying to find ways to misbehave on purpose. That's so interesting to me because I feel like less worried about the teenager because they're more self-sufficient i would just be like don't get hurt i mean they are more self-sufficient but they're also more capable of getting themselves into trouble yeah i i mean i guess you're right like little kids they're harder to control they're running around a lot they're more accident prone too well, that's, I mean, I did say that. They hurt themselves all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, could you imagine one of them skins their knee, you're hungover, and you have to deal with them screaming about their, and crying and stuff, like. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. I think you and I also have just different hangovers. Yeah, I. I don't, I'm not that sensitive to sound when I'm hungover. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think I would go this way when we started this question, but I. I feel like you've kind of talked me into the teenagers (laughs) in a weird way because you're like, well, they're so much more hands off and like, I just don't know if I could match the energy of multiple seven-year-olds for a whole day. I think it's just a pref. It's just a different kind of preference. Like the kind of trouble the six and seven-year-olds are going to get into are like, they ran around too much and were too excited and were too loud and fell and hurt themselves, you know? The kind of trouble that the 13-year-olds are going to get into is, like, they spend the whole time on their phones, like, being cruel to their classmates. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just a different kind of trouble. Yeah, but, like, I yeah, I like the teenagers because, like, that's just – 
every once in a while I'm like, hey, get off your phone. I suppose. And, you know, like there's not, I don't think I would be super in charge of that discipline. At worst, I'm like, hey, give me your phone. You'll get this back at the end of the day. There's probably a little bit more bad cop to play with the, the teenagers, but I feel like I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was fully teenagers, if it was high schoolers, I think I'd be with you. Yeah. I think there's just this sort of middle ground with middle schoolers where we're just all not our best selves. But I don't know. I, I also think you. the smell is more uncomfortable to me probably than the hangover. Oh. I don't know. I Maybe I just don't have as bad hangovers as you do. Or you haven't been that hungover in a while. There's That's like true. a whole whole realm of hungover, right? Like I haven't been that hungover in a while. It's true. Maybe I'm yeah. just sort of forgetting what it's actually like. Well, I think there are mild hangovers and then there are more severe hangovers. And I'm picturing this like a migraine situation. I think I'm going to lock in teenagers with super sense of smell and I would maybe bring like a lavender satchel with me that I just like occasionally hold to my nose in a weird way than the teenagers make fun of me for. All right. I think I I still just like science museums enough that it's pushing it over the edge for me. All right. That's fair. Would you rather have a fly camp out in your hair while you're on <laughs> national television? <laughs> Folks, we don't like to get political here, so just no. just weren't, just don't read into that. No, it's a purely hypothetical yeah. scenario, <laughs> and is absolutely not a clue to when we recorded this podcast. <laughs> or rip your pants at the office. Oh, I would rather rip my pants at the office, <laughs> for sure. Does it not matter? You have no follow questions around either one. Any any office embarrassment is better than national televised <laughs> embarrassment. That's how I feel. I mean, okay. I know the fly is not your fault. Well, the pants no. I guess the pants ripping is probably not your fault either. But yeah. but I know that the office people, you have to see them every day, but they also know you and are probably yeah. Have a vested interest in not making you feel terrible for the rest of your life <laughs> versus the memes. Versus the memes. Yeah. <laughs> the memes would be too much for me, man. Uh, people the might Saturday start... Night Live yeah. you know, coverage. Yeah. Well, you get memed on Saturday Night Live. Certain people start uh, selling fly swatters <laughs> to, uh, to mock you. <laughs> It really could go a lot of ways. Um, parody Twitter accounts of the flies experience start popping up. Yeah, I mean, th- there's there's not going to be an end to that for some time. It, I, well, you know, yeah. yeah. Depends on who you are, you know, how important this national television um, appearance happens to be. But I also think that it, it depends on how the public views you prior to the fly. True. That's true. You know, if you're America's sweetheart, I think maybe the world will be a little bit more forgiving and maybe mad at the fly. Like, how dare that fly attack Miss Congeniality? Right. If you're America's sweetheart, people would probably just think like, oh, look at this. She's down to earth. She's just like us. Yeah. You know? um, but if... You, in general, are viewed 
as a pile of shit. <laughs> people Context makes all the difference. Yeah, context makes all the difference. So I feel like if I, you know, as just Shelby Samsel was on national television and, and there was a fly in my head, it probably wouldn't be as big of news as if certain people, you know, can't think of any specific names off the top of my head. But, you know, certain people. Right. A hypothetical person. Yeah, a very like a very hypothetically powerful person that no one really likes. Yeah. And is kind of viewed as like a lizard person. So like maybe <laughs> that was his uh, bedtime snack. What I was about to say, though, was I, I'm now remembering um, that video of the, the dad who was on national television who his kids like pranced into the room while he was on like yes, I don't know yes, CNN or something and then, and then the wife, wife had to like in, yeah. try like on her hands and knees was trying to and it's the most endearing most yeah. charming most lovely video that everybody in the world adores because it's just so cute but it is still a record even though they're that whole family now is beloved yeah. it is still a record of this like very embarrassing thing that happened to you that now like, whenever your name is Googled, that yeah. is what happens. That's what yeah. comes up. So, you know, even if it's good, I think anything on the national stage just has more severe consequences. Yeah, maybe I'm not imagining what it's like to be on national television well enough. You know? I mean, what would what would have what would it take to have to get one of us onto national television? You know what I mean? Like nobody cares enough about me right now, so it would have to be I'm newsworthy or have. Well, I also think my parents were interviewed on ABC before the Michigan Ohio State football game once. So like so like the bystander kind of thing. Yeah, like just like average Joe on the street, and I'm Billy on the street. Yeah, right. Like if it was something like that, and a fly happened to be in your hair. Yeah, I don't think people would care that much. Sure. Yeah, I was I was thinking of some like hypothetical situation where the whole world is watching, and you know you're important. I don't know why I had that in my head. Yeah, yeah, a scenario in which maybe you're like. Some kind of very powerful person. Right, right. Who people in generally didn't like beforehand. And so this is a moment where they can really just like run with the pile of garbage metaphor that that creates. The thing is, like, I can't imagine myself being on the national stage to begin with. And if I were, I would have to imagine I'd be relatively neutral. Like, I can't imagine... (laughs) Same. Like I don't I don't know that I have it in me to to build up quite such a level of hypothetical disdain. I maybe. I mean never say never. Yeah. But I also can't imagine myself being America's sweetheart. So I think um I would fall squarely in the middle. If you were just neutral, I don't think it would become such a huge story. That's true. But I also guess I don't think it's such a big deal to rip your pants at work. You just go home and get new pants. And, like, you're embarrassed for the three people who saw you, and that sucks. And then they forget about it. That's interesting. I feel like I'm going fly in my hair on national TV. Really? Is it that bad for you to imagine your pants ripping at work? I feel like a fly in my hair is less bad to me. I think I'm just more comfortable with being on national television than you are. Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I would just, honestly, it feels like a moment to capitalize on. Maybe I start sell, selling fly swatters or something. You know, I feel like it's a moment that you could really monetize. That's true. I mean, there's no potential upside to to uh, splitting your pants at work, I will say. Right. The, it's, yeah. it's pretty much all downside. Yeah. And then you have to get new pants. Well, you have to get new pants. That's that's the least of my concerns. I would say it's the, whatever the embarrassment of whoever saw you. But who at work is going to be so cruel to you as like an internet troll? You know what I mean? Yeah, just don't read the comments, though. Maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I just have always had nice coworkers. I can't even imagine one of them like giving me shit for that. It would just be like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Go home. Change your pants. I, for me, it's more like, I don't think anyone would give me shit about it. It would just be like a big interruption to my day. I mean, I feel like a fly on your head on national television that then gets sort of like replayed would be a big interruption to many days. Yeah, so, but I'm also picturing in my life that it wouldn't be replayed. Like, again, if I'm a neutral person that no one really cares about, which I think is the most likely scenario for me, not for everyone, clearly. But, yeah, I think fly my head national television. I'm locking it in. All right. Well, we disagree. How much money would someone have to pay you to never brush your hair ever again? A lot. Oh my god. <laughs> How often do you brush your hair? A few times a day. Yeah, same. But I hate the feeling of knotted, you know, hair. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hate it. No. Yeah. I, yeah. no. Millions and millions <laughs> of tough dollars. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is the question is really how much money would someone have to pay you to have a pixie cut for the rest of your or life? Or shave your head. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. So. Because I'm not going to do long dreadlocks. And, no. Uh, Thank you. Be that person. Nope. Not going to be the white girl with dreadlocks. No. I, yeah, it would just have to be super shortly cropped hair, which looks bad on me yes i have an oddly too. small head really yeah i didn't know that well it's I, have I, have a child si- I have a child size mouth i have child size glasses i've oh, had to literally i've had to literally use child size glasses before because huh. my face is too narrow yeah when i go to the dentist they have to use child sized equipment on me That's because so my weird. mouth is literally child sized really yeah Interesting. I once went on a date with a man. This is really funny. <laughs> I am so curious how one of how the, like how th- I have a child sized mouth leads to the opening. I once went on a date with a man. Buckle in. It is a weird. It, it's going to make sense, sort of. Um, I once went on a date with a guy who was in med school to become an anesthesiologist. And he told me that one of his favorite pastimes was sitting on the subway. Clearly, this was the before times. And, like, looking at people and trying to figure out if they would be easy to intubate. <laughs> and you aren't still together? <laughs> yeah. This is one of his favorite hobbies. You didn't, Just, you didn't keep dating him? Yeah, weirdly. Um, and then that begged the question... 
well, would I be, would I be easy to intubate? And he studied my face for a while. Like, there was a pause. He asked me to move my head from side to side so that he could get a good look. And he was like, you have strong nasal passageways and a good chin, but you have a child-sized mouth. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, Take notes, fellas. Yeah, that's the most romanced I've ever felt. If if you if you want a girl to go home with you, just tell talk her about her child size nasal, strong nasal passages. Yeah, yeah, strong nasal passage, good chin, child size mouth. Good chin, I guess, could just be a compliment, but strong nasal passages. Yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, <laughs> I, after that, I excused myself to the bathroom, and when I came back, he had already paid the check. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So for out. him, he looked closely at you, and he was like, not easy to intubate. This date is over. <laughs> he said that I would be okay to intubate, that the uh, only thing I had against me was my child-sized mouth. Yeah, you just, you never want to hear that lack of enthusiasm from a potential partner. You know, like you want him to be so excited to intubate you. Yeah, of course. He also told me that at his apartment, he had to choose between having, um, bringing his antique dining table or having a couch. And so he kept his antique dining table Oof. and got a recliner. Oof. And so when he watched TV, there was nowhere for anyone else to sit. Because he opted for a recliner and an antique dining table as opposed to a couch. Interesting. How did we get here from brushing hair? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, how many millions of dollars to rock a pixie cut for the rest of your life? But it's not even like a good pixie cut because <laughs> you can't, you brush, can't it. brush it. Yeah. Can you brush it with your fingers? Like, can yes. you brush it out with your fingers? You just can't yeah. use a brush. You can't use a brush. Or can a comb. use a comb? Oh, no. dang. Almost no, found a loophole. None of those in- implements. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> I don't know, $10 million? It's also going to be so weird when you go to the hairstylist to continue to get your pixie cut cut, <laughs> and you tell them, oh, no, you can't use a comb or a brush. You right. just have to cut it. I, I think that would just mean I make my own pixie cut, you know, yeah. like I just yeah. cut my own hair. Um, I don't think I look that good with short hair. The one the one thing I have going for me is that I have kind of curly hair. Yeah. So if I can use my fingers to just kind of like brush my fingers through my hair with mm-hmm. very short hair, it just kind of looks like curly, you know. But I think I don't I don't want to have that haircut. And I don't want to have the experience of having to tell people, don't brush my hair at a salon. <laughs> and I don't want... That's like the weirdest part of the whole thing is to having also, to... Uh, yeah. Well, also, I just realized I I will be dyeing my hair for the rest of, the li- of my life due to my excellent gray hair genes. And you really can't dye your hair very effectively without brushing your hair. Yeah. I'm going to say 
yeah, maybe upwards of ten million dollars. I don't. I feel like that's it. the highest you've gone so far. Like yeah, this is I like, like this. you would have to pay her more to stop brushing her hair than to go trick or treating during a pandemic. No, I think I said maybe similar terms for the trick or treating. Okay, I, I think it was. I actually think it was around ten million dollars that I said. Apparently, ten million dollars is my thing for like I really don't want to do this for the rest yeah. of my life. Uh, I think mine's lower than that. I hate pixie cuts, though. I would say like two million dollars. But also, it- like your your partner wants to like run his fingers through your hair, and that like wonderful feeling of getting like a head massage, and then your hair is just like a ratty hair's nest. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not good. That's why it would require $2 million for me to agree to do it. But I feel like there are workarounds. Like, I did have a pixie cut for a while, and I did not use a brush or comb when I had it. Oh. Yeah, it was was really short. So it would be a little weird because with pixie cuts and stuff, your hair sticks out in weird directions. Right. So there would be a lot of wetting it and patting it, I feel like. (laughs) I would have to get like really creative creative with the ways that I style it, but I do think that there would be a way to style it. Anyway, $2 million. Locked it in. So if you were granted one wish a week, but every time you used a wish, it required you to never speak to a person in your life again, would you take the deal? And if so, how many wishes would you make? So a person in your life, yeah. does that mean... A person that you just know? Yep. So it could be someone you don't like. Yeah. But eventually you're going to run out of those people. <laughs> yeah, but I would for sure use some of those wishes. Yeah. You yeah. could... Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I have like a whole theory about this. I mean, I would just I would just become an extrovert. I would just <laughs> go around meeting all kinds of people that I don't care about and never really need to talk to again. I would just yeah. I would just become a social butterfly and then every week I'd be like nope to that person that I met yeah. last week. Every um, time every time I had a wish I needed to do, I would just introduce myself to one new person a week. And yeah. then that would be the person I didn't speak to again cuz I had my new wish. Or get rid of one Facebook friend from high school or something that you don't talk to anyway. Yeah. Also, thinks I think it would be like really great way to like force me to have boundaries (laughs) (laughs) you know like there are probably people I shouldn't speak to anymore but I still do um and this would be a very tangible way to be like no life is better if I don't speak to them in form of I get a real wish from a genie yeah it's sort of a double bonus there at that point (laughs) you both get a wish and you never have to speak to your ex-boyfriend again you know it's like and you get rewarded for doing so. Yeah. A codependence dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess we agree. Yeah. Would you use a magical clothes closet that, like, just has whatever clothing, kind of like the magical cupboard thing, mm-hmm. but, like, any piece of clothing your heart desires, you just open the door and there it is? Right. However, they never quite fit right. You can get them on your body. They don't look bad, but they're uncomfortable. They're a little too tight here. When you sit, it like pulls, you know, that kind of thing. 
it's not like they never they don't fit right like they don't sit right on you and you they look just feel bad uncomfortable no i wouldn't i don't think i would i mean actually yes okay yes yes i would take the magical clothes closet i sh- but i just wouldn't use it for myself oh i would take the magical clothes closet and then donate all of the clothes wow what a humanitarian slant that i was not expecting yeah, because they don't fit me perfectly, but they fit somebody else, I'm sure. So you could also resell them. You could make a little business out of them. I could. I could resell, you know, some and never give some worn. Away. I it, it would basically I would just become a clothes manufacturer and have my own clothing line, and I would. Either but you you wouldn't you wouldn't ever just be like this is super cute. It's a little uncomfortable, but I'm a rocket anyway. Maybe if like a special occasion called for it, and I was like, you know what, I really now that I've become an international uh, clothes manufacturer who's invited to big industry events, I really need like a, a gown. Yeah, and so and it's okay if I'm uncomfortable for a night because let's face it, we're all uncomfortable wearing a gown for a night anyway. Yeah, I I think like special occasion, but just day to day use. Like, I'm currently in my pajamas. There's no... <laughs> I Comfort ranks high. <laughs> there are certain clothes that, like, the only function for them is comfort. Like, yeah. they're not supposed to look nice. They're right. just supposed to make you feel cozy. And if you were using the magical closet for all your clothes, like, no one wants uncomfortable pajamas. Yeah, of course not. No one wants uncomfortable, like, exercise wear. And the thing is, I almost exclusively wear pajamas and exercise wear now, these days, now that I'm in quarantine. It is less important. I do like the idea that like, oh, I have a job interview. Yeah. And yeah, you know. Special occasion where it's okay to be uncomfortable for a few hours. I could get behind using it, but I don't think I would use it day to day. I think, though, you can't turn down magical production, you know? Yeah. That's fair. Um, would you accept being late to every appointment in your life by 15 minutes if it meant you met your soulmate? Oh, uh, good one. <laughs> Thanks. I thought you would particularly not like the late thing. <laughs> oh, you know me so well that these are now just becoming <laughs> catered to me. <laughs> this one's really hard for me, too. Uh, do I mean, oh, I would hate myself. I would hate myself for doing it. 15 minutes is a lot, too. Like, if it was five minutes, I would go late for sure. But there are some uh, some appointments that if you're 15 minutes late, like, you're really... Job interviews. Uh, I mean, you can't... You can't... Flights. 15 minutes late for job interviews. Flights. Right. Important like, work meetings once you get that job somehow. Yeah. I, like, once... When I was studying abroad in France, I had to get a student visa, which meant I had to do an interview at the embassy. And everyone was like, get there half an hour early, because if you're not there when they call your name, you're declined your visa and you can't go. Right. And um, they give you about a time when they're going to call you, but like they can call you up to like 20 minutes early, whatever. If I was 15 minutes late for that, I wouldn't get my visa. Yeah. I mean, but there there are so many things that, like, are super time-dependent. Like, yeah. the, even on Any a smaller scale, going to go see a Broadway play or yeah. a concert, like, they're not – they just don't let you in then, you yeah. know? Or, yeah. I mean, 
there's so many things that if you miss that time, you're screwed. Every movie you ever go to. Yeah, you always miss the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh, no. And plus, everyone in your life. Would be annoyed with you. Would be annoyed with you for constantly being 15 minutes late. And it's one thing if you're one of these people who, like, is late a lot, you know? But, But those people tend to be able to, like still make a flight or still make a make a broadway show like they know when it's important to be early and they'll they'll make sure they're on time but i'm less worried about it in my yeah i'm less worried about it in my personal life and more worried about it in like like institutional life because i think if i was just constantly 15 minutes late all of my friends would clock that and then accommodate they would also start showing up 15 minutes late but they're not going to invite you to things that like shows of any sort i think they would just tell me it starts 15 minutes earlier than it actually does i guess so but yeah you're right the institutional stuff i i mean particularly job related stuff yeah can you imagine if you were late 15 minutes late to every meeting yeah you'd just be fired <laughs> i mean the Who's going to put up with that? If I had a coworker who was 15 minutes late to every single meeting, half of our meetings are 30 minutes long. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It's that you would miss half the meeting. You'd miss half the meeting and you you would certainly be fired. Yeah. So you're giving up your soulmate, though. I know. And that's why. <laughs> that's why I hemmed and hawed and made yeah. bad noises. You'll be incredibly punctual, but alone forever. <laughs> the story of my life (laughs) (laughs) you have described the here and now i mean i'm showing you a different way in which you could be incredibly not punctual but super happy question shoot is my soulmate super rich because then it doesn't matter if I'm yeah. super late to everything. Yeah, I also thought about that. I was like, the only scenario in which this is chill is if, like, my my husband is, like, a scuba driving instructor in, like, the Bahamas, and time works a little differently there, and, like... Or your husband is, like, mega rich, and you don't have to work, and you don't have yeah. to do things like institutional, like... Yeah, you don't you have, have like, to show up. You have a private jet to take you, so who cares if it's 15 minutes late? It waits you also for have you. an assistant to run all your errands and, like, do the stuff. Right. Like, all things the wait stuff. for you. Yeah. And you're supposed to arrive 15 minutes late to important parties anyway, so. Yeah. Let's say he's rich, but not private jet rich. It would still be hard for me because I'm, I mean, I'm somebody who likes to have a productive place in society. The yeah. capitalism got me. Let's say he's rich enough that you don't have to work, but like you would still have to catch commercial airlines if you ever wanted to fly. Yeah. I. Oh, gosh, it's so hard. It it's is really so hard. hard. The thing is, like my my initial reaction was that I wouldn't do it yeah because i don't really believe in soulmates for one thing and like i i'm sure i could still i i feel like i'd be more likely to find just a regular non-soulmate life partner 
if I was not late to literally everything always. But it's interesting because the soulmate option is like just being given a person who is tied to you for your life and who's going to be with you no matter what. And that is really, really hard to turn down, particularly if you don't have to work, which means you're not going to like screw up both of your lives by being extremely unpunctual. I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking like in circles because I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. I don't know. I think if if this were my monetary, like my financial situation doesn't change, I would have to go not being late because- I, that's not cho- like I can't just live on the streets right. and like live on love like I, that's yeah. not an option. But if he truly had enough money that I didn't have to work, and so like the financial security is taken out of the question, I think I would go soulmate. It would it it is a soulmate with caveats, right? Because like it would be a lot harder to travel. I could only get on planes that were delayed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could. Uh, but. But actually, I, these days, the chances of that are more and more, so. Yeah. But also, like, you just end up on standby, you get the next one, you know, I would just, like, start baking that into my schedule, I guess. Um, and then, like, I get, I would have to travel less. I think that's the biggest thing, which Go would to suck. fewer, you know, shows. You, you guys wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't go yeah. to things that have hard start times as part yeah, of Yeah, we have to go to life. comedy shows that have openers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like, things like that. Um, and then, which, it, it would suck, but I think that would be worth it for me. Yeah, okay. I think that I agree with you, it, but it, it the linchpin is you don't have to work. Yeah. Um, I got two more questions. Would you accept no allergies ever again if it required you to smell like fish forever? No. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to change it. Would you accept (laughs) no illness ever again if it required you to smell like fish forever? Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've got really, really strong feelings about both of those questions. Yeah, that's fair. I also agree with you in both cases. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So we're just going to move on to our would you still go with them? Yeah, that was that was a gimme. Right. Uh, if you disagree, write in. Um, it's a little quickie. If you disagree, tell us why, because we're just not going to go into it. Yeah, to me, it feels self-explanatory. But if you are staunchly opposed, let us know. We'll read it on the pod. Um, would you still go out with him? He's perfect. But after three months, you realize that he only speaks to you in baby talk all the time, <laughs> even in public. All the time? All the time. At first it didn't happen, but like once you guys got settled, you realized, oh my God. He's this is happening. It, it, hap- it started happening in private and slowly got more and more and more until you realize you're at dinner with friends and he speaks normally to everyone else at the table. But when he speaks to you, he speaks in baby talk. Can I sit down with him and have a conversation and just say, hey, can you not do that anymore, please? If I do that, will he stop? No. He'll say, oh, my God, I didn't even realize I was doing... It's like, he'll be like, oh, my God, I didn't realize I was doing that. I'm so sorry. Like, I'll try to try no, to figure that out. He won't say that. He'll be like, oh, my God. He'll be like, what are you talking about, my little baby? My baby voice. 
This is just how I talk to someone I love. Oh, I don't your know baby voice French is French. When I do baby talk. <laughs> I don't know. Shelby's baby voice is French. Shelby's baby voice is just Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> I'm so sorry to every man I've ever dated. Um, I had no idea. We're learning new things about ourselves today. men you've dated who have heard that i think i think there are (laughs) (laughs) oh man does that not want you does that not make you want to go into the sexy time with me right now my little baby (laughs) i mean the thing is it it doesn't even sound like baby talk it just sounds like a bad french accent a bad what french accent yeah Maybe I do an actual baby talk, but it's too vulnerable for me to do it on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm trying to do it, I can't think of what baby talk sounds like. (laughs) But you've definitely done it in your life before, Well, the thing is, like, I think the most common time I would do it would actually be to, like, a puppy. Like, oh, I don't don't get no point. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah. Okay. Uh Well... (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know why I went French. I don't know. It's going to be the mystery of our our age. Who knows? Oh man, that was so funny. Thank you for that. You fixed my whole day. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> Papa problem, Hana. <laughs> to be fair, Shelby has been doing oh, oh, French oh. Duolingo for some time. So, they don't teach you them French Duolingo. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe it's seeping in. You're practicing your French a lot. I actually speak French is the funny part, guys. It's like I am fluent in French. I know that that's not how French people speak. I lived in France for half of a year. I don't know why. It's truly like this weird Pepe Le Pew, like comic book thing. I don't know why. I don't know why. I have I have no excuse. I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. That's my favorite thing now. So, baby voice, though. So he's just basically like, oh, I didn't even know I was doing that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And my, sorry. Just to be fair, to even out here, my baby voice is apparently from Minnesota. So. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're like, Yours is like, French and mine is like, oh, sweet girl, how are you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Aren't you just the cutest thing you ever Aren't saw? Aren't you just the cutest thing there's oh. ever been? Oh, for cute. Oh, for funny. Oh, God. Yeah, so. No. <laughs> you would not still go out with him. You would not still go out with him. But he's perfect. He makes you breakfast in bed. And he brings it to you like, Duker does little breakfast, oh my God. I made you the scrambled eggy waggies. That's not perfect, Shelby. That's not that's not that's not a description of a perfect man. I made you pancakes with little faces on it. What do you think would be your breaking point? Um, maybe the dirty talk? I don't know. Like Oh, okay. I don't even want it. Like, try to pretend to know what dirty talk in a baby voice would sound like. I don't want to go there. My brain refuses. 
That's a good call, though. I didn't think about that. What if he's just silent during sex? (laughs) Yeah, but like afterwards you're lying in bed together and you've just had this nice experience and then he turns to you and he's like, you want some water, water, baby? (laughs) You know? (laughs) You want some wah-wah? Yeah, see, that doesn't... I think it would have to be in public for me to be like, this is a problem. What a problem, though. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're at dinner with friends and he's talking like that and then he's like, time for a pee-pee break, you know? Like, it's just... Well, that doesn't necessarily mean he's talking to you specifically, you know? Does he talk to other people in his normal voice? Yeah, just not you. Ugh. That... I don't know why, but that almost just made it worse. Because, I think it does make it yeah. worse. Because <laughs> you know that he's perfectly capable of doing it. Right, he see, just can't do it to you. Yeah, it's not like he's just like been taken over by a pod person who only speaks like that. He just is infantilizing you. Yeah, I like anytime you would try to have like a real conversation with him about anything. Like, could you imagine trying to talk to him about the election? Can you imagine trying to get married to him? What are his vows going to sound like? <laughs> <laughs> I take this little Diana to be my lovely wedded wife to have and to cuddle. Smoochy smoochy for the pride. <laughs> yeah. What a horror show. No. I think it I think it would take me a while to let go though, because if he was truly perfect in every way, like he was super hot. You know, physical stuff was on point. He was really funny and nice, and like we liked all the same things, and he was very caretakery and stuff. I think I would just hold on to hope that it would change. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would instantly, like the first day he didn't, he did it. I wouldn't be like, you're out of here. You yeah. know, it would take me a while because I'd have to notice that he's doing it and that he's stopped talking to me in a regular voice. And then he would have, I'd have to have multiple conversations with him over which yeah. time we have tried to like stop him doing this. And like after many, 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 many times of talking to him, I don't think I could do it because that's just... there. You can't, one, because it just feels like he's infantilizing you and he probably sees you as a bit, like, of a lesser. Because, yeah. you know, you don't talk down, baby talk to somebody if they're, if you look at them as your equal that much. I mean, yeah. maybe, like, from time to time to be funny, but not, you yeah. know, not, like, as an ongoing thing. I just couldn't deal with it. It would make me feel like I could never have a serious conversation with him about anything. I would also never take him around my friends because I would be so wildly embarrassed to hear him talk to me like that in front of other people. Could you imagine trying to go to like a work function? Right. Yeah. Like you're all there. You're talking with like senior level people in your company and he's like. My little Hannah Wanna. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. And you're right. It would take a while for me to leave that situation, I think. Like, if it started around three months, I bet I wouldn't break up with him until about six months. you probably give it longer than me. How long do you think you'd give it? Like, a month. of like oh, wow. t- Well, of, like, talking to him a lot like, about yeah. it. Because the thing is, if it was a whole month of me having conversations where he's doing it and then I'm stopping him and I'm being like, please stop talking like that to me. Yeah. Or, please stop doing it, you know? I just, after a month, if he wasn't able to take that, like, one note 
Yeah. I, I, I just can't imagine I would continue. Maybe I can't also imagine a perfect man otherwise. <laughs> Maybe yeah. this is a fantasy realm in which I am just not able to go, but. Yeah, I'm imagining it not being a big deal during when you're texting him. Mm-hmm. And then you would have certain times where it's just like the two of you when you're not having any serious conversations where I think it would I wouldn't register it as much. Right. Where, I think or it, it would could be, just be funny or it'd be fun. Yeah. Because yeah. it wouldn't like baby talk doesn't bother me in like while we're cuddling or like, you know, like there's certain yeah. like there situations which fine. which it's fine. Yeah. Um, I agree. It, to me, it's in public that would be the worst. Or if I, like, was unhappy about – if I was, like, crying about how I don't like my job or, like, crying about the election or crying about, like, I got in a fight with a friend or, you know, anytime when I was, like, sad or upset and he, like, wasn't taking me serious – it felt like it was he wasn't taking me seriously. Right. Those are the moments that it would be co- – it would feel like a problem and I feel like that – it would take a while for those situations to come up with. Especially I'm picturing this dating during quarantine where I see them not a ton. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was you know? kind of imagining that we were seeing each other like every day. So if it, okay. it, would, if it, it would was be every longer. day. Yeah. yeah. It would be longer if we weren't seeing each other consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I feel if we were like seeing each other like two-ish times a week, I think it would take me about three months to – figure out a way yeah that's fair figure out like this is not going to change yeah I mean and I agree with you like some you want to give somebody time to like make a change and you want to give somebody time to like prove that they can do it and yeah or not do it in this fellow's case yeah I would also just be a little worried about his mental state if he was told multiple times to stop talking in a baby voice and he couldn't for some reason yeah it seems it, at a certain point, it becomes like, oh, this is your thing. Like, you like this. This isn't an accident. Like, you're doing this on purpose. Yeah, you're either doing this on purpose or you're the most oblivious person. I don't know. Are there, like, weird – I assume there are probably, like, weird baby talk fetishes and stuff like this and that. Undoubtedly. And I, there I, are. I would assume that he's that. Yeah. After a Which, while. And, no yucking anyone's yum. If that's your thing, that's your thing. That's fine. But it's just not my thing. It's not my thing, for sure. So, well, so tell us about your hypothetical world. You are a manufacturing mogul of uh, magic clothes. Yeah, which actually, now that I, that I know that, it's fine if I'm late all the time. Because I, I've got a steady source of income and I don't have to have meetings. I'm my own boss, so it's fine. Yeah, so I, and you I have your take soulmate. The soulmate. My soulmate, though, is not a man who talks to me in baby talk consistently. And then just for fun, I take a bunch of seven-year-olds to the science museum, but I'm really late. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've made a fortune on my fly swatters after a fly mm. came down on my hair uh, during national television. But I still like to give back and take uh, teenagers to the zoo. <laughs> with my incredible sense of smell by the way i very quickly replaced my torn pants (laughs) yes yes (laughs) because you have a magic closet that just immediately um i'm rocking i have two million dollars so my soulmate didn't actually have to be that rich um all right because i tore because i have i'm rocking a pixie cut that i can never brush yeah me too 
that I'm even richer. Man, I have become super rich in this scenario. I got the $10 million from the hair. I've got the magical closet production, clothes production line. You also have um, one wish for every person you stop talking <laughs> <Right>. to. <laughs> So, like, you really should go soulmate because you got a lot of other things going yeah. for you that jobs are really irrelevant in this jo- world. Jobs are completely irrelevant for you, this too. Is, this is the best, like, yeah. world we've ever come up with. By far, this is the best we have ever landed in our hypothetical world. It's also funny. So, in full transparency, guys, a look behind the curtain. I was remarkably hungover this morning when I wrote these. So it's funny because I feel like the happier I am when I write questions, the sadder they are. (laughs) And then the more upset I am when I write questions, the happier they are. You're also now figuring out why the very first question was about somebody who's hungover. Oh, yeah, it was me. (laughs) It me. Uh, I would, if I had to be around a six-year-old right now, I don't think I could do it. Um, But, you know, that's all right. Yeah, anyway, those are our hypothetical worlds. This is the best one of all time, I think. For sure. I'm very sad that I don't have all that money. You know how sometimes we joke about how we we make these funny, you know, jokes in the podcast and then the things in them come true, but it's always the bad things that come true. So like we universe, fall down. Right. Or so, yeah. So universe, if you're listening... I hope you listen to this episode, Universe, yeah. and you are about to supply us with a windfall of magical cupboards and It's spooky season. Soulmates. If we, you know. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, well, thank you so much for wa- for watching. Thank you so much for listening <laughs> to our podcast. Like and review. And if uh, we'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo, and we'd like to thank all of our new listeners. We've been seeing a lot of people from various states across the country and even other countries, and that's been really fun. So um, keep telling your friends because it that's how that's how this kind of thing works for small podcasts. It's just word of mouth, and we really appreciate um, all that you're doing to support us. It's it really means a lot to us. If you would like to hear your hypothetical question on the podcast, email us at argumentsaboutnothing at gmail.com or send us a message at argumentsaboutnothing on Instagram. And you can also uh, suggest different themes and we might make a whole episode around the themes that you suggested. So please do that. And until next time, keep fighting.